0: Hello and welcome to series three of Pot Still Radio. As always, I'm your host, Matt Healy, and in this series we'll be going around the world to markets outside of Ireland to speak to market industry experts all about the consumers in their industries and what their attitudes are like to Irish whiskey. How is it consumed, and also what can different brands take from insights from these market industry experts. We'll be starting with Russia, going to Germany, forest field is japan and all around the world so stay tuned for some fantastic interviews and brilliant market insights and of course i do want to say a big thanks to this season's sponsors which is dingle distillery been creating some of the most beautiful handcrafted spirits since 2012 Dingle Gin was awarded the best gin in 2019, and Dingle Vodka was just announced as the best Irish vodka for 2021. Dingle Whiskey continuously matures in the mild, moist climate of Ireland's southwest coast, hand-cut from the edge. And keep your eyes peeled for something very special in May 2021. Find out more on DingleDistillery.ie and McConnell's Irish Whiskey. Aged for five long years, this fine blend of Irish malt and grain whiskies is gently rested in select bourbon casks, bringing out beautiful overtones of vanilla sweetness and providing deep oak woodiness and light char to the finish. Follow McConnell's Whiskey across all social media or visit mcconnellswhiskey.com for more information, importantly, whiskey without the E. And of course, two stacks Irish whiskey, a contemporary revival of an Irish whiskey heritage independently bottling and blending sourced pot still malt and grain whiskies from across Ireland's new and expanding Irish whiskey landscape. Two Stacks are driving innovation and transparency in their creations from detailed sourcing and blending information on their label and let's not forget the launch of the world's first straight whiskey in a can, Dram in a Can. Find out more on twostackswhiskey.com. So I hope you'll really enjoy this series of Pot Still Radio and as I always say, cue the music.
1: And it's one, two, three, get some whiskey and me tea, make sure it's Irish whiskey, that's whiskey with an E, give me one, two, three, pour some whiskey and me tea, let's drink to the health of our
0: nations and for peace and liberty, so it's one, two, three, get that whiskey
1: flowing free, we're parting glass, be not our last, our souls forever free, give me one, two, three.
0: Hello everyone, Matt Healy, and welcome my show, Posted Radio. This the podcast one of the island's Ireland. And today, I'm a my, my Sandy Karavanský. On the whiskey and William Grantonson's shotlandish whiskey So, welcome my show, and morning, Sandy. Welcome to the show.
1: Привет, большое спасибо, что позвал меня. Очень рад присоединиться к твоему подкасту.
0: <laughs> So, to everyone out there in podcast land, welcome to the new series of Still Radio. And um, for all of you listening who don't speak Russian, my guest today is Mr. Sandy Karavansky, and he's joining us all the way from uh, Russia, I believe in St. Petersburg, my friend? Yes,
1: exactly.
0: Sandy here is a fantastic guest to have on the show and a brilliant first step into the world of international Irish whiskey around the world. Because, sir, you are, I suppose, working with Tullamore Jew Irish Whiskey and the wider William Grant and Sons portfolio across the whole of Russia. Is that correct? I am. I am. And so today we're going to be going through a different format to the rest of the podcasts that we've done with Pot Still Radio. We're going to be talking all about what the Irish whiskey consumer is like and the Russian whiskey consumers are expecting from the world of Irish whiskey. But before we get into that, I do want to say a very big thanks to our sponsors. Two Stacks Irish Whiskey, the independent bottlers driving innovation in sourcing and blending pot still malt and grain Irish whiskey, and of course, makers of Dram in a Can. Find out more on twostackswhiskey.com and McConnell's Irish Whiskey, aged for five long years. This fine blend of Irish malt and grain whiskey is gently rested in select bourbon casks, bringing out beautiful overtones of vanilla sweetness and providing a deep oak woodiness and light char to the finish. Follow McConnell's Whiskey across all social media or visit mcconnellsirishwhiskey.com for more information and of course a big thank you to Dingle Distillery, who have been creating some of the most beautiful handcrafted spirits since 2012. Dingle Gin was awarded the best gin in the world in 2019 and Dingle Vodka was just announced as the best Irish vodka for 2021. Dingle whiskey itself continuously matures in mild moist climate of Ireland's southwest coast and is hand cut from the edge. Keep your eyes peeled for something very special in May 2021 and of course find out more on Ie. So, Sandy, once again, welcome to the show. I'm delighted to have you here. I suppose at this point long-time friends, but uh, you know, I've never had you on the show, so I'm delighted to have you here. <laughs>
1: Thank you for having me. It's, I'm really happy to be here. Thank you.
0: You're joining us now, as I said, from St. Petersburg. What is your role with uh, winning Grant and funds? And I suppose, what do, you, what do you do for a living?
1: I am currently the Bolvini brand ambassador here in Russia and CIS. However, I help a lot our marketing local team with uh, Telmer of course, and some of our other portfolio brands. So yeah, again, Russia and CIS. So basically, I am a brand ambassador, something like slash maybe a little bit of brand manager, if that makes any sense.
0: (laughs) That that certainly does. And for for the people at home that aren't familiar, uh, what is Russia and CIS mean?
1: CIS is a Commonwealth of Independent States. So basically, it's like, I think, like 10 countries or so around Russia and post-Soviet territory. So yeah.
0: So places where the Russian language and Ruski is, is, uh, is very helpful.
1: Yeah, yeah, true that, true that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very good. So for those are listening at home, um, Russia is obviously a hugely important market for the world of Irish whiskey. Pre, I suppose, the global collapse due to COVID, uh, Russia was um, fourth largest uh, Irish whiskey market. Then it skipped ahead into third place actually just nipping Ireland as the as the third best uh, market. And now because of the collapse of global travel, retail has very uh, quickly uh, accelerated into second place. So the second largest Irish whiskey market in the world, and no doubt only going to start growing, which is fantastic. And also I'd say for a lot of people at home, uh, very interesting because when we think of uh, Russia and the drinking habits of Russia, um, there are uh, a lot of drinks we think of before Irish whiskey. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about, I suppose, um, I guess the, the kind of the drinking habits or more particularly the whiskey drinking habits of, of Russian people. And then also, uh, where, where in the world did did the popularity of, or even a small popularity of of Irish whiskey come from?
1: Well, first of all, I think that I would like divide drinking habits of Russians into two separate categories, of course, like home consumption and consumption in entree. So like bars, hotels and things like that. And um, most of the whiskey, of course, traditionally and naturally would be con- consumed at home. So most of the people they would usually like buy a bottle or two and then share it with their friends. But sometimes in these days, more and more, you'd see more people like at different bars drinking like malts or blends, whatever, or maybe like cocktails, a lot of cocktails these days. So yeah. But again, I I would say that most of it is still uh, consumed at home. So people would really prefer to grab a bottle or two again and then share it with their friends. So yeah.
0: Okay. So if if you're heading out to the bars, what would be uh you know in Ireland we're we're a huge beer and wine drinking country despite our our proficiency for making whiskey so when you're in a bars you're gonna see a lot of uh a lot of pints and a lot of glasses of wine um much more so than than glasses of whiskey which you will still see but not in the same volume. What is you know if you're going into a, a bar in in St. Petersburg, what are you expecting people to be drinking ahead of whiskey then if they drink at home?
1: Wine is really huge here as well. So again I would uh, here I would say that most of the people would drink beer and wine as well. Cocktail culture is obviously on the on the rise as well. So these days you would meet more and more like cocktail connoisseurs, people who really know their drinks, who know what they like, who know what they want. But again I would say that you would see more people drinking wine or beer. So at the pubs of course people would drink more beer and at the like at restaurants and maybe at bars you would see more people drinking wine. So yeah, basically that is that.
0: And if you're looking at I suppose, Russia as a, as a as a whole um, and the drinking habits of of the country I in my understanding if we're looking at the likes of of Irish whiskey um, or even just whiskey consumption in general, you're going to see more centralized hubs in the likes of St. Petersburg and Moscow. Um, or, or is it more spread out across the country as well?
1: It's really spread out. But again, uh, as you said, th- that is really right that you would see more like bigger cities. And in the bigger cities, of course, more people drink more whiskey because, like, you know, the far and distant regions of Russia, they might not contribute that much to the market
0: (laughs) (laughs) and is that just because uh, you know distribution doesn't go that far or more traditional drinks take precedence there or is there income differences or or maybe they just don't like
1: whiskey it's well i would say that it's a little bit of each so in some regions like the income rate is not that you know of a desired one <laughs> so people uh, can't really afford whiskey like you know always so it's really a particular occasion for them to have a bottle or two uh but other than that uh, you would often um, like as a reason yeah some distant di- distant regions uh they mm-hmm. might not have uh like a distribution for like smaller scale brands of course you would meet like top three names of course obviously cuz they have a like a wider distribution all across the country but again uh, other than that like the income rate distribution what else was there well yeah some people just would prefer traditional drinks to like irish whiskey or any other whiskey at all and and tell me does
0: is there much of a market for russian produced whiskey um, i know there's one or two distilleries making kind of whiskey products but um, you know, is there a divide between or or does it not really exist too much?
1: I would say not yet. So we'll see maybe in five or ten years the rise of Russian whiskey. But for now, it's more of, you know, really small batch, handcrafted, like really small scale distillation that are usually unknown for a wider audience, <laughs> so to say for the fans or for like connoisseurs that can really appreciate these drinks so like a guy for example some produces some whiskey and then he shows friends basically that's it on a on like wider scale on a bigger scale I would say that there's still not that there is no market for Russian whiskey it's just that people do not really believe in Russian whiskey just yet
0: okay Okay.
1: like yeah for another maybe five or ten years when these like small scale productions will grow and maybe you know get more attract more attention
0: okay and then if if we were to take a step back from that and and look at the whiskeys they they do believe in um (laughs) you know obviously scotch is is the the big seller around the world and what i suppose um what does the, the Irish whiskey market look like in Russia? Because obviously you're, you're, you work with William Grant and Sons and, and work with the Tullamore Jew brand. And I'm assuming, you know, that the, the big three, the Bushmills, the Jameson, the Tullamore Jew dominate the majority like they would in most markets. But then, you know, are, are you seeing people become more interested, more focused from these brands? You know, like what, what, does, what does on the ground Irish whiskey look like? Is it more visible? Do people care more? Do people care less? Uh, do they know the difference between Irish and Scotch whiskey?
1: Well, yeah, these days, uh, apparently, again, because Irish whiskey category is on the rise, uh, you would see more and more new, like emerging brands here. So, of course, the big three is there and everybody knows it. Everybody loves it. But uh, what I really like about the current situation, about the current state of Business, So to say is that you would see more and more like really small scale brands that you wouldn't really expect to see in the market that that that, that would really surprises me in a good way. Uh, well, speaking of knowledge, um, I would say that these days, not a lot of people well, majority don't really know the difference between like the Irish whiskey and the scotch, for example. So yeah, they would just say that they are they are from different countries, and basically that is that. And and when consumers
0: pick up a bottle, if you're in a, a local liquor store, and and you're they're picking up a bottle, um, is there you know in in some markets when I, when I work with with whiskey and exports, in some markets uh, it's like an absolute must-have to change the back label to the local language because otherwise. No one will have a clue what the hell you're selling if it's in English. But in other markets, they want it in English because it's like, oh, oh my god, it's foreign Adventure. and it's genuine. And it's, yeah. 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 Uh, what What's the What's the kind of temperature like in in Russia? And what are the things that that brands do that way to to like localize a little bit?
1: Yeah, we have to localize it. And for a bigger scale of brands, again, for the the big three, so to say, uh, they usually have localized versions of the back labels so we wouldn't have to slap you know those like generic white stickers on the back yeah and just well well i would say like waste the bottle because i really hate those white stickers they make the bottle look really ugly i don't like them but we have to due to the local legislation so yeah the yeah. local rules are quite strict is there any advice
0: you'd give any of the smaller brands uh, entering the market or you know things that you've seen
1: work really well or on the other side work terribly well the first advice so to say would be to you know be ready for, for a lot of paperwork and be ready to certify their product uh, but what works really well is working with the whiskey community because you know it really boosts small brands because apparently they bring a lot of attention to the category, and uh, like, of course, a lot of attention to small brands that can really grow thanks to those, you know, to to the guys that really know whiskey and can recommend it to their friends, to their like subscribers, followers, you name it.
0: And and would do you have an example of any of those whiskey communities? Are you looking in Saint Petersburg or Moscow or or all over? Sure.
1: Well, I would say all over, but but mainly Moscow. Apparently, Moscow and Saint Petersburg as two like main cities, locomotives, so to say. Well, again, uh, we have a lot of whiskey communities in Russia. We have an Irish whiskey society in Russia, but uh, for the launch of the product, I would say that it would be better to appeal to j- j- just to a gathering of experts from different whiskey clubs and whiskey societies and you would see a lot of that we'll, well apparently like you know remember was it in 2018 when you came to russia when we met
0: that was 2018,
1: yeah. like you know like exhibition for example an exhibition would be a great place to start and actually announce the brand that it's like you know entering the market so yeah okay. i i wouldn't say that there is anything like you know supernatural or anything like really sophisticated and complicated in terms of marketing the brand in russia so yeah basically exhibition and whiskey experts do their job pretty well
0: (laughs) well that's good to hear um but i suppose from from a a local market point of view it must be interesting to see that there's. Well, at least from my point of view, there's a much greater focus of you know the yes the big Irish whiskey companies, but like you said, the smaller Irish whiskey companies are are focusing very a a lot of their attention towards the Russian market, which I don't know if it's if it's interesting or annoying or great to see from your point of view. Um, But the um, it's interesting for me because you know traditionally people wouldn't think of Russia as a as an Irish whiskey market, and obviously there's such a great number of population in, in Russia that. I'm sure Irish whiskey doesn't actually really to blip too much on the map of of drinks consumptions, but for for the whiskey community of Ireland, it's quite a large uh, large volume. Um, and are are you seeing these new Irish brands you mentioned before appear in off premise or on premise, or just in again the societies you're talking about, or, or how how are you seeing the the different brands appear?
1: Well. To start with, to answer your question, I would say, again, that I'm really flattered that like Irish brands uh, see Russia as an interesting market for them to market their products. That's really flattering. I'm really surprised in a good way, again, that uh, people here really respond well to new small-scale brands. And uh, you would see the new brands both on and off-premise, so you'd see them like at uh, like whiskey shops you would see them at the bars you would see them all over the place well in moscow and st petersburg so, so again like russia is really huge and some some you know some brands wouldn't have the stock to cover yeah. <laughs> you know the, the whole country um
0: well i mean that's that's very interesting and and how do prices generally compare for say irish spirit irish whiskey against maybe scotch whiskey or more traditional drinks consumed in in Russia? So even, you know, in the bars or or such?
1: Well, I would say that there would be more sense in comparing brand by brand than, you know, category by category. Because, again, in every country, taxes are different. Like, you know, prices are different. Pricing strategies are different. So it's really hard to say. But... You know, newer brands tend to be more and more expensive than smaller brands, like, you know, not smaller brands, but older brands, bigger brands. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, there's
0: definitely economies of scale when you're when you're going through that. So that, yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Um, it, When you look at, I suppose, other Irish categories coming into Russia, um, do you see the likes of, I know this is a little off topic than Irish whiskey, but... You know, Ireland produces a lot of, say, liqueurs or, or gins. And um, I, I fear that saying um, that we produce vodka because it's, I remember once someone telling me not even to bother shipping vodka to vodka producing regions. Um, but uh, outside of that, you know, do, is there, you know, do, do Russians consume a lot of gin or liqueurs or anything or, you know?
1: They do. They do. Well, I wouldn't say that there is like a gin craze, like, you know, like in Great Britain, for example, or in Ireland, I believe like there's like, um, like how many brands did appear for the last, have appeared for the last like six years, like 100 or 200 new brands. So in Russia, you would see a lot of these new emerging brands appear on the market as well. And people love them, love them because, you know, gin and tonic, of course, is huge, but bar industry of course is huge so you'd see a lot of people enjoying gins well i wouldn't say neat at the bar but but in the cocktails and you would see a lot of new brands and a lot of brand ambassadors coming across just to you know introduce their product to the market so yeah people love gin here as well
0: and is when you're talking gin is it is it home consumption as well or is it mainly on premise
1: well, as for gin, I would say that it's mostly on trade, so mostly for bars. Okay, so when well, you're looking but, but, uh, so a lot of people would have a bottle of gin at at home, but most of the people again would usually drink gin like at a bar.
0: Okay, so there's a little bit of a, a difference and a divide there. So and uh, just in, in that terms, whiskey, you're looking more at the kind of grabbing a bottle with your friends, bringing it home. Yeah. Gin is more socially at the bar if you're having a, a gin and tonic or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Cool.
0: So Sandy if um if i suppose if new brands or you know Irish people are are coming to Russia with you know with their brands and and they're coming over to meet different you know representatives and, and industry people do you have any um maybe pitfalls or stereotypes that the Irish should avoid for for you know things things maybe like nazdrovie uh, that you know western tv uh says yeah, yeah, yeah. that all Russians do but but you don't do or or things just to make sure you don't you don't make a, a cultural boo boo uh when you uh, enter the market.
1: Well yes yeah, some things people should definitely avoid and the first one would be the not <laughs> Yeah, because you know uh, Russians are really used to that, but you know it, it still hurts. <laughs> it still hurts to hear that. So yeah, basically, if you want to raise a toast, raise a glass, just say "Засдоровье," which makes a lot more sense, and it's uh, you know a common phrase to hear during you know socializing with drinks, yeah.
0: which and, which it literally means kind of "to health,"
1: right? Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah true.
0: And then it gets more elaborate with Russian drinking toasts from there on, isn't it?
1: Yes. Well, some toasts, they might actually take as long as 20 minutes. My personal record is 40 minutes toast <laughs> to my friend that took place maybe five or six years ago. Well, whatever. Uh, anyway, you, you a must Russian be a very, toast very, very difficult person to drink. <Yeah>. Um, but it's good.
0: That, that's that's very interesting because that's a very uh, that's a it's a kind of traditional Irish thing as well to do toasts um, that are not just like cheers or slancha, but yeah, yeah. actually to drink to something. So it's it's interesting that it's a a commonality in a different language. So Sandy, for for people, um then what are some of the other things they should be looking out for when they when they come to Russia?
1: Well, I would say talking about politics. Because, you know, it it is really unpredictable. It could go really, really wrong. And maybe, like, you know, talking about vodka and, you know, pretty much any other stereotype. Because vodka is a stereotype. It's more of a stereotype than a drink these days. And, you know, yeah, people, I think, like, anywhere in the world, people don't like stereotypes. So if you start talking about you know valimki if you start talking about oshankas or like bears on the streets or, or whatever people here would really appreciate it
0: okay that's that's fair enough I, and that's funny because that wasn't even the the route i thought you were going to go down so I'm, I'm glad to to hear it um, well i
1: mean other other than that what i really like about russians is that we are really open-minded and welcoming so you can say whatever you want to say, just be careful around politics. Okay. <laughs> That's very fair. <laughs> um
0: and then if you're if you're going, I suppose, to to a bar um and you know you're you're on your Irish whiskey trip and the ambassadors are selling and whatnot, you know, we're we're used to the Irish whiskey. Are there traditional Russian drinks that you'd be expected outside of vodka, perhaps, um, that bars might have or even um I know, I think on, on on the streets, is there kind of the, I'm trying to remember the name, but now the, the bread
1: beer. And... Ah, right, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a fizzy drink that I personally really like. So it's like a fermented rye bread drink called Kvass. Kvass, yeah. So, you know, uh, for some people, it might remind root beer. Okay. You know, yeah but i personally i'm not a big fan of root beer but i like kvass and there's like you know like loads of different types of kvass the way you ferment it the way uh like like what you ferment really matters because it of course makes it taste different i really like that one Uh, and as for other traditional drinks you would see a lot of we call them nastoyki it's basically when you grab vodka or like many, any other like spirit, and then you would put like berries in there or maybe like horseradish in there, let it sit there for like some days, weeks, or maybe even months. And then you drink it in shots.
0: And are they chilled or they just kind of pour out as, as you go?
1: It really depends, but you would usually see them served chilled. Okay. And And one of the, one of the most, well, um, have have like has anybody that you met in Russia offered you Khrinavucha, the horseradish thing?
0: No, not yet.
1: <laughs> well, usually <laughs> the tradition of Russian hospitality would be like if you're at any bar that has it, people would offer you, apart from vodka, bad drink, Krinavucha. So it's basically vodka infused with horseradish. It's delicious. It's a bit spicy. It's on the like hotter side, but again, it's really traditional.
0: I've I've had some of that in in Russia. Not the horseradish, but I've had a juniper um, one, which, which I thought was was hilarious because um, it's it's so similar to gin. Um, but then I've had some really crazy. Like there was, I think I was uh, one with like. Uh, like walnut infused into it then there was yeah, you know yeah. other other berries infused into it in a and it was served in a little kind of stemmed chilled uh shot glass yeah um, yeah which which was uh which was actually delicious things to things to keep a lookout for for those the the either the Irish whiskey tourists or ambassadors heading heading across uh across to Russia when it when it comes down to um the actual serves you know we're talking about chilled shots there. When people consume the likes of Irish whiskey or Scotch whiskey, whichever it might be, um, how do people traditionally drink these drinks? Is it is it neat or chilled or, you know, especially when they're at home?
1: Most of the times, well, these days it might be on fewer occasions than it used to be. But yeah, a lot of people still drink whiskey and Coke. Of course, that's like, that's a big thing. And other would drink it chilled. not as many people as i'd like to drink me but yeah so you're you're a purist i'm not no i'm not a purist i can have like you know whiskey and coke like maybe once a year on a very special day
0: (laughs) i see you making a, a tullamore jew 18 and just tipping some coke in on your birthday or something (laughs)
1: then sending a picture to kevin or maybe you know to john exactly kevin piggett and john quinn i'm sure they'd love it (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. but but i mean like yeah i i just i'd like people to appreciate a drink but you know they drink the way they like it and the most important thing that they drink it and you know uh, the way they drink it is like it's their choice of course yeah Um, and as long as they like it
0: <laughs> exactly. It was interesting was like when I was in St. Petersburg and actually the time the time we met there um we had some bottles of whiskey that we basically just kept outside the window because we didn't have uh, anything else to do. It was so hot in the hotel rooms that we uh, we just kept, we just kept it just outside and it was a <laughs> nice temperature to <laughs> to come back to. But it, how I suppose in in you know advertising whiskey in Russia? Um, what, what, is the, what is the way, like what is the, the attitudes of, of advertising and how do to, to brands advertise to the people of Russia? Is it, you know, is it very suave? Is it done through pricing? Is it, you know, do you see billboards and TV ads or is it, you know, what, what do you usually see?
1: Russia is a dark market, so no advertising for us, unfortunately, because again, like so many beautiful marketing platforms that it would be really great to see in Russia. But again, dark market, so no can do. Uh, you would usually see a lot of, you know, palettes, what do you call them, in off trade, you know, those big cardboard things that yeah. represent some of the brands. You would see a lot of, you know, influencers marketing the brand so paid promos through big instagram bloggers uh you would see some activations in on trade so like three for one or whatever you name like two for one uh special serves special cocktails so again basically no advertising what do you call it outside of uh on the streets, but a lot of advertising in off trade and on trade. And of course, a lot of digital activations.
0: You know, you've just reminded me and years ago, I used to work for Pernod Ricard in a a lower, lower scale, but um, (laughs) with the Jemison brand. And and I remember one of the brand managers telling me about uh, an activation they did in Moscow and how, you know, I've always found dark markets fascinating how you get to the consumers without outward advertising. And I remember them telling me a story about doing an activation where they wanted to do um, a big activation with no, it might have been Black Barrel launching or something that they were trying to do. And um, but they had a number of bartenders and you know cocktail servers and whatnot from kind of like dive bars and more like neighborhood bars. And then they had another set of bartenders and what from like very high fancy, you know, suits, ties kind of bars. Um, And they didn't know how to do an activation together. And they said that they brought this, they had a a bar that they kind of like, put like a wall divided down the middle, but there was an entrance on either side. So on one side, they brought in all the like suit and tie bartenders and the other side, they, they dressed up the bar and it was very local and then about at midnight or something they just removed the wall in the middle and just like everyone mingled that way and one side was very neighborhoody and kind of you know intentionally dive bar and the other side was very well to do and it was it actually whether or not that story was true that sounded like one of the coolest activations i've ever heard and it was just that kind of like local punk dive bar mixed with the like high society bartending and it, it sounded very cool um,
1: as an activation that sounds really amazing. I've never heard about that, but I'd like to see that definitely.
0: <laughs> As I said, it was it was a story I was told many years ago, and it could be either me misremembering or not true at all. But I just remember that being a great story. Um, maybe you can steal that <laughs> and run with it for, for Balvenie and Tullamore Jew maybe maybe. Um, but yeah, so when when you're looking at people, I suppose coming to the market, you know, they're they're getting established. Um, do you know? Have you seen um, certain uh, like d- do suggested serves work? Um, do you know? Is it just you know? I'm trying to think of the ways that in different markets, it's you know, it's difficult in a dark market, but you know, trying to get things into people's hands. Like, do gift packs work well for Russians or you know? Oh, do they, they
1: do. They yeah. do. Just <laughs> <laughs> sorry for interrupting you, but but they do. People are waiting for gift packs.
0: Okay. And is that like um, a bottle with glasses? Is that bottle with two extra like miniature bottles? Or like, you know, in some markets, the miniature bottles have to be taken out to be scanned individually, and it creates a whole headache and everything like that. And
1: nah it's it's more about glasses people here are crazy about them they they go mental when they see a gift pack like you know oh that's like that's a bargain let me take like 10 of these and i'll have like 10 glasses at home (laughs) (laughs) that's the truth you would see like if you uh like see an average russian and like just ask them how many different branded glassware they have at home they would have at least like 10 or 15. (laughs) okay so it's a big thing
0: it is it is um okay i like that would and that would be kind of on shelf for around the same price as the bottle then i'm imagining is that the idea yeah. Okay. It's always, it's always the, the, you know, from the, from the consumer point of view, that always makes total sense. And from a producer point of view, that makes no sense, but it's, it's one of those things you got to do, I suppose. And that's uh, what it, marketing uh, is all about. Absolutely. Exactly. Liquid to lips, my friend, you know, bottles in hand and <laughs> the, pretions, <laughs> the pretions, as they say. Um, but yeah, so if you, if you were talking to a, a, a new Irish whiskey brand coming into the market uh, they've never been in Russia before, uh, and you're hired as the con- you're not you're not Sandy Karavansky from William Grant and Sons. You are Sandy, Russian whiskey consultant. What would you give them as a step by step guide on on how to successfully enter the Russian market?
1: Well, first of all, I'd start with the mm. with a chuck. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but then, uh, well, I would definitely recommend starting with uh, Moscow and St. Petersburg. And, you know, I would suggest uh, start with, you know, uh, we call this format of shops boutiques, like premium outlets. Yeah. They are not huge. They are not big. But they usually attract more connoisseurs and more premium Yeah, premium buyers so to say so people who really can afford something new something interesting people who actually know the category and if they see something new they they would usually go and grab that bottle go buy it so yeah i would start i I would suggest starting with premium outlets because there are loads of them in in like moscow and saint petersburg and maybe some some you know more eastern and northern parts of the country and southern parts as well so yeah basically as simple as that and then build their brand like brick by brick. maybe some activations and on trade and then go to bloggers and try talking to them so yeah
0: so so you you'd try to find somebody that's that's good as an importer on those boutique on uh, off-premise locations first and that's how you think you get in yeah Uh,
1: definitely
0: uh, definitely. and how important would um russian focused um you know pos materials or you know do do you think that new brands need a russian social media pages or or um how how much does it translate with with you know english language um marketing activations obviously certain sales sheets and whatnot would have to be translated but i imagine local markets can do straight translation but as f- actually creating Russian-centric materials or ads, or, or not obviously ads, but maybe Instagram ads or something. Um, what do you think is how important is that coming coming straight out of the out of the door?
1: Well, you know, if you look at the bigger picture, uh, starting a brand page in Russian without like an ability to promote it, well, because you know all of these new Instagram regulations and things like that, uh, it's a tough thing to do it's really difficult to actually successfully launch a new page and gather more followers there. So I wouldn't say that there's a lot sense in starting the brand page in Russian. So there would be more sense in trying to communicate the global brand page into the market, maybe something like that. Okay. You know, people these days in Russia, they speak English, maybe not what, Again, not as many people speak it like fluently, but at least they manage to, you know, read and understand anything that brand might want to communicate.
0: That makes sense. I mean, actually the, you know, we, there was kind of a, we talked about stereotypes earlier. Uh, We were always kind of given the stereotype of like, um, well, anyone, anyone over the age of 30 in Russia, don't even bother speaking English to them. They're not, they're not gonna, want to do it or they're not going to do it and then you're like anyone <laughs> <laughs> um but it was kind of it's funny things one of the things we're always told is like you find like that was the thing like when we went to visit in 2018 the irish government before we went were like here's like shit to do and not to do when you're in russia um and then it was like one of the things is like if you get lost find someone under the age of 30 like that was the official advice it was like there's no True. hope <laughs> there's no hope. Just go and do it. So, um, but it, it's obviously the that kind of stereotype of of the the you know the uh, linguistic sense uh, is is changing. There's there's more, I suppose, for us English in in the market, which is helpful for the majority of the English speaking world that doesn't speak Russian. Um, but um, is the I suppose is the bit the, the business side of the world. Um, If you're speaking about these importers and whatnot, there's going to be a level of English. Is is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you you would have to look hard to find the, you know, well, well, the bigger bigger importers, of course, they have staff that is, you know, well-trained, well-educated, you know, that can handle the business in English. But, well, smaller scale distributors, of course, sometimes... uh, they they might find themselves struggling with okay. you know conducting business in English.
0: Well, that makes sense. Uh, it, it, it's 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 a strange it's a strange request for for us in the English speaking world to not be able to conduct business in other languages other than our own. So it's 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 a it's you know it's great to see that other people are putting up with uh, our inability to speak other languages. So. <laughs> um. And if you're, you know, I suppose for, for brands going into Russia, you know, would you expect like the likes of say a contract would be written in both languages? That'd be, you know, something that, um, so there's, you know, there's, there's, you're never going to be too out of your depth when working with new importers and whatnot like that. Um, and then I suppose just kind of finally like what what do you know what do Russians think or know about Ireland or you know even more extension Irish whiskey but do they do they know about the country is there even stereotypes or are there are we known for being fun or idiots or having good beef or you know what like what what do what do Russians think about Irish people
1: Well uh, I think that, that you know most of the Russians they would unfortunately think of an Ireland uh in a stereotypical way, so leprechauns, uh, you know, four leaf clover. Oh, you call it clover?
0: Well, you've got the shamrock, which is the three, shamrock, leaves, shamrock, yeah, the sorry, clovers, about that. yeah, four leaf. So we're, we'll get into it, it's fine, don't worry about it, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So, green collars, St. Patrick's, and things like that. I,
0: I mean. As stereotypes go, it can be much worse.
1: So, <laughs> I appreciate so, yeah, uh, well, one it. Thing, one thing that uh, Russians don't think about Ireland's, uh, Irish people, is uh, like that Irish are like drinking a lot. That's not a stereotype. That's not a stereotype, yeah.
0: And is is that not a stereotype because people don't know it, or because on a Russian scale that we drink less than Russians? <laughs> I think it's just people don't know it. Talk, talk about stereotypes. Um, <laughs> um and and do you think like obviously Sandy, you're you're exposed to, to Ireland quite a bit. I am. Um, do you do you think that um as a as a personality trait russians and irish get along or you know obviously are they very different or what what are your, what are your thoughts
1: i think yeah that we really get along okay what um, well, i don't know I, I don't really know how to you know describe it or how to specify it like what really makes it like click but yeah. it, it it just clicks it just really, <laughs> it, it works really well
0: Okay, well, that's not fair. I appreciate that. Um, and then I suppose, um, <laughs> I mean, I can see a lot of similarities in the culture, you know. Uh, and you know, when you get past the language divide, I can see a lot of a lot of similarities. Um, so for 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 a kind of a, a final uh, touch on, because I'm trying to you know deep dive into Irish whiskey in Russia, but then also Russians, you know, looking onto the Irish whiskey world. Um, are there are there you know things you've seen faux pas you know mistakes people have made even just culturally not you know in the drinks world that um you've seen maybe brand representatives not necessarily from ireland but from other countries have made even subtle things like you know sitting on the ground in places you shouldn't be sitting or um you know you know trying to i'm just trying to give people an insight into maybe some cultural differences that you know wouldn't make sense to us but are you know certainly makes sense to to russian people
1: i'm thinking like of any example but i just i just can't think of any really i mean
0: i mean that's good
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it's really hard to you know piss us off so okay. to say in, in a cultural way in a cultural way
0: yeah. Okay. So no one's no one's you know drank before they're supposed to drink or got you know disrespected no, a, an artifact. People here
1: are really fine with that. So you do whatever you want to, just don't break the law.
0: Okay. And and Irish people are somewhat loud when we're when we're out drinking, what and having a good time. Russians are, are all right with us being. Uh, I suppose the Americans would say rowdy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Russians are really loud as well. So that's that's good to know see I knew we'd get along Sandy <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose to, to kind of wrap up uh, this we, we've talked about a lot um, we've talked about Russians loving the the um, gift packs and the and the value added packs um, there's a lot of at home consumption drinking a lot with coke Um we're looking towards boutiques for for new entrant brands that's your advice uh, that try to to seed that way dark market so there's not a yeah. not the direct uh, you know on street advertising and being a dark market does that mean also no tv advertising
1: true true that yeah
0: um you know you're you're saying that in, in, traditionally particularly for the newer brands you're looking at moscow and st petersburg as the kind of the new markets Lots of paperwork and bureaucracy, and um, that is something. Even even right now uh, in my uh, in, in in work, I'm dealing with a huge amount of Russian paperwork, which is uh, which is great. Um, so and, and rules change occasionally, do they? Um, the, oh, they the, do. They do. <laughs> um, I only asked that because I filled out one piece of paperwork, and then there was something like a full stop was changed on the on the the document, and I had to redo the document again, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> um yeah. and then uh, avoid avoid some stereotypes um that uh <laughs> that's that's good and i'm delighted to hear that that you don't have any examples of uh of brand ambassadors or or, or uh, sales people making too many faux pas in in the russian market that's that's good um if there was uh one one thing that you think uh irish people should irish you know people or Irish whiskey consumers around the world um, should know about Russia or should check out if they ever come to Russia? What um, Maybe one of each. One thing that you think that we don't think about in English-speaking countries about Russia that we should know, and then if we're going to go to Russia, say St. Petersburg or Moscow, what's the one thing we should check out?
1: Well, one thing i like to say is that we like our potatoes boiled. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I, just... I mean, I wasn't, I don't know where to go with that one, Sandy. Uh, you come on an Irish whiskey podcast and you start talking about fucking potatoes, like talking about, I, I,
1: I just couldn't.
0: <laughs> you're, you're laughing now, but this is going to be a really weird part of the podcast when I leave it in.
1: <laughs> well, because yeah, I, I, I just wanted to say something about potatoes because you know, <laughs> I just couldn't. Well, oh. Uh, we love it here really well (laughs) again now to answer your question uh one thing is just one thing i want irish people to know about russia is that russians are really open-minded and if you know anybody is open-minded as much as russians are that would make a good cultural mix
0: okay you know
1: so there there's even no need to break the ice because russians they are really they they are they are already surprised if somebody comes to Russia, they are really like happy to see anybody from around the world and they are ready to communicate and help and to tell about their culture. So that is really great, I think. And that's what anybody in the world, like everybody in the world, should know that we're always there to tell about our culture, our food, our drinks, about anything.
0: Uh, I mean, you mentioned you mentioned your food. I have like six things on my list. The next time I go back to Russia, that I, I want to either retry or try for the first time. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm. I was actually delightfully surprised by the the, the absolute quality of traditional Russian foods that were like for like people were like, you have to try this, this, and I'm like, I don't know what this is. They're like, all right, it's like, it's like a cold turnip beet soup but it's great and i was like this sounds terrible and they're like you really got to try it and it like <laughs> and i'm like i don't know and they're like just try it and i tried it fucking amazing the borscht is just like one of my favorite meals on the planet now um but the amount of things that like you know rye dumplings or or different you know things that were just out of like, random parts of a menu that someone was like yeah yeah don't mind that part of it. we're going to give you really random bits of food from this menu yeah. and it was yeah. spectacular absolutely spectacular it's like one of the things i'm most excited about going back to russia is just to like point at menus just like i don't know what this is i want this i want that
1: (laughs) i'll tell you what just please let me know because i want to be there
0: (laughs) (laughs) see i feel like you're going to give me all the crazy stuff now uh boiled potatoes uh (laughs) horseradish vodka
1: (laughs) Boiled potatoes how crazy is that (laughs) well i mean like anything that is not chips is crazy right
0: Exactly, exactly. But yeah, so for um the final part of my question Sandy, if you if I am an Irish person or an Irish whiskey consumer living in the US or the UK or Canada or Australia or wherever in the world and I want to come to Russia, water, you know, what are, what's the what's the one thing you think that we should check out? Maybe maybe in St. Petersburg, we're in St. Petersburg and something that maybe most you're not w- looking at the Winter Palace, you know, you're going to go what what's the one thing you think is really cool that we should keep in mind to check out?
1: Well, I would say that, well, in St. Petersburg, people just should have a walk, you know, down the Nevsky Prospekt, which is the main street of St. Petersburg. And in Moscow, well, people should just check the red square. If the, if if that's just the one thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, I mean, like, anything other than that would not... So not make
0: it on the list. <laughs> you're saying if you go to Moscow, you can't not see the Red Square. It's like if you come to Dublin, you can't not go to Temple Bar.
1: True, true that, <laughs> true that. And the other thing is that uh, I think Irish people would be surprised with, with the amount of Irish pubs in Russia. Oh yeah. Yeah, like I like really. Are are and are they good Irish pubs? <laughs> well, there's Guinness. There's fish and chips. <laughs> I like this. We're going back to stereotypes.
0: Um, (laughs) um, Well, that's good to know. And I actually, I I had some great experiences going to different bars in St. Petersburg, but I didn't find myself an Irish pub. So that's going to be on my list. And a weird, a weird, not that I was looking, but it's a weird thing about Irish people. We'll go, like, we'll go from Dublin to Moscow. We'll go several thousand kilometers around the world. And we're like, well, Irish pub. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And uh, yeah, and as, as a culture, we're great. We, um, we love bitching about Irish pubs and how genuine or not genuine they are, but we will still always go to them for some odd reason. Um, right. so it's, it's delightful. Um, and I'm glad to hear it. But Sandy, it is uh, fantastic for you to be able to join me. I am delighted to have you as the first guest on this new series going through um the kind of international world uh, of the irish whiskey markets and russia being the first uh, episode has been fantastic not only because russia now you know was the third and now the second largest irish whiskey market globally um but also i suppose you know culturally very atypical from what we think of in ireland you know when we look at ireland and we have the uk and we have canada and the us all anglophone countries we we understand kind of the situation of the market but Russia I think is one that I'm delighted you're able to give us some insight into to really showcase what the the differences but also the similarities are and uh, what what people are doing with their with their Irish whiskey you know and I appreciate your time it is no not that it matters on a podcast but it is early in the morning for you to give up your time on the weekend so I really appreciate it and yeah thank you for
1: having me I'm really honored to be here and open up the series
0: Спасибо большое. Пока-пока.
1: Спасибо.
0: (laughs) Bye-bye.